So basically, I would always start from a voice of customer because this is really important to clearly understand what is the business need instead of going behind fancy technologies and bringing something that is ongoing. Hey, scientists. Welcome back to another episode on the Smart Biotech Scientist podcast. We are in the middle of the conversation with Abhijit Sattvikar, who is an innovation manager at Merck Guidonia in Rome, Italy. And he leads the analytical innovation and digitalization within the Department of Analytical Excellence and Program Management. And in the first part of our conversation, we talked about how we can leverage digital transformation. And if you haven't listened to part one of this conversation, go back and listen to that first. And you're going to learn how you can leverage digital transformation to take your bioprocessing to the next level. Now in part two of our conversation, we're going to focus on the use of process analytical technologies. So Abhijit is going to explain to you what tools you can use and he's going to break it down and make it very simple to get started. He's going to explain how you can use it even if you're working in a smaller or mid-sized company. So stay tuned for part number two. Are you juggling the complexities of CMC development while trying to enjoy the beauty of biotech? Have you ever wondered if there's a way to simplify bioprocessing? Welcome to the Smart Biotech Scientist podcast, where we're diving headfirst into the very challenges you face. We're breaking it down, demystifying the jargon and giving you the keys to unlock your full potential. I'm your host, David Brohlman, and I get it. With 15 plus years in the biotech industry, I face the same challenges you do. There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can remove complexity, you can skip trials and errors, deliver without delay your groundbreaking therapy to clinics at market, and still enjoy every single step. Do you want to learn how industry experts and I did it? Grab a cup of coffee and your favorite notebook and pen. Now is the time to take your bioprocessing game to the next level. Let's smarten up biotech. Now, Abhijit, let's shift gears a bit and let's talk about process analytical technology for a moment. Because we are using this to design, to analyze and control manufacturing processes. How can we leverage these great tools to do that. So process analytical technologies has been there since decades. So regulators have already included the immense importance of PET technologies into a manufacturing process. And still they are at this evolving stage where they are being improved to make them fit to be deployed at a manufacturing site. Then the data that is going to come outside of this process analytical technologies would be used to create a decision outside of that. So where it could either mean that you would take a decision to stop a particular step or to add a particular addition to keep the consistency of your product profile. So that's really the key value that the PET technologies bring into the biomanufacturing process. Now, the PET is really ambitious in terms of delivering the real-time release, which has been ongoing for a long time across this industry. That means how do we decrease the lead time of our QC testing and have it already tested when the product is being manufactured. And there are a lot of initiatives or projects that industries are moving around this and bring this real-time release 
to bring value to the patient as soon as possible. So that's also key advantage that PTA has to offer. And to what extent can PAT accelerate process development timelines? Yes. So if we say that PAT is basically providing you data, and if you are really able to capture all the data, so you might reduce the risks of your deviations that might happen towards the batch. So that's the key advantage the PAT has that you will step by step understand how your process is evolving and then take necessary steps to control your process and have the product prepared within its CQA profile that you have designed for the product. In terms of reducing the timelines, means I am still not so sure means how this would be impactful because I've personally not yet experienced on this topic yet. But then to see means how it could be delivered. What I would expect that if PAT technologies are qualified or considered equivalent to a quality release tests, so that would eventually decrease few weeks to a month time, which is usually taken just for analytics to release a product into the market. So what I'm hearing, Abhijit, is that PAT is probably the go-to tool for later stage development and manufacturing. Should we be using PAT, let's say in phase one or phase two already, or would that be too early? I would still say so, because typically in your analytical development, so you always do this phase appropriate development of analytics as your molecule progresses. Maybe at least at a base level, means we could have the PAT tools from the early phase onwards and then move towards the late phases when these methods again be validated and then demonstrated to be equivalent or fit for purpose for it. So this is, I think, some decisions that the molecule development team, they have to reconsider in bringing PAT into the processes then. Where I see a lot of potential in PAT in gaining process understanding and optimizing your processes. So how can we leverage that technology? Like what are the strategies you found the most powerful to do that? So basically, I would always start from a voice of customer because this is really important to clearly understand what is the business need instead of going behind fancy technologies and bringing something that is ongoing. So clearly conducting a voice of customer, understanding what is really the decision that you want to take with a PAT because you have to apply PAT, okay, also for understanding how your process is progressing, but this PAT should also give you insights on what action you need to take. So that means you could really use or leverage this stack during your bioprocess development. And then after that means we would conduct a sort of a proof of concept to scout for different PET options that you have because the analytical world is huge. So you will have a lot of complementary analytical techniques, etc. So you really need to choose which techniques is going to facilitate the value in delivering the data. And then more importantly, how well this analytical technique fits in your manufacturing case. So, for example, we don't want to bring a huge instrumentation and put it into manufacturing as a PAT. So, it should be fitting and leveraging the current footprint of your manufacturing site and then facilitating its setup around this site to give the data and so on, and which is really decision-oriented data. So, that's where means I would see how you could strategize yourself in technology scouting, in selecting the right technologies and in deploying it. And then last but not the least, to clearly show the equivalence of this PAT with your additional release assays or with your traditional quality testing assays. And I'm curious, Abhijit, because let's assume that we have developed our phase three process and now we are preparing a scale-up into the large-scale facility. Let's assume that for phase three, we didn't use that high volumes, but now we have to go into a large-scale facility. 
would PAT be able to help us make this process more seamless than just by using traditional methods or how would that turn out? Yes, the scale-up, at least I would say, for gathering the data from the process means PAT would still be able to do the job unless means you are constructing some stimulation models from the PAT data, for example, spectroscopic sensors. So that is where challenges may arise because your PAT technology is dependent on some initial data with this PLS modeling and then it gives you the measurement of your analyze. So such techniques may pose a challenge. Whereas if we talk about the multi-attribute method like MAM, which is a static analytics that can be deployed at a small scale or a large scale, and the values will still be giving you the final estimate of your analyzed product. So there is a little bit differentiation that you really need to play around. And data would certainly help in case of spectroscopic sensors where you may need some large-scale data in order to adapt that spectroscopic sensors to this large-scale facility. Now, smart biotech scientists, you're probably convinced that using PAT is a great idea, but you might be wondering, where should I start? What should I do? So let's roll up our sleeves and get very tactical. Abhijit, can you help us get started? What are the few simple steps we should take to start using PAT? So when we have to really start using PAT, like I said, that we choose which is really the critical point in your process. So when you identify the critical point in your process, the critical quality attribute that is would be linked to this decision-making for a critical point. And the measurement of this critical quality attribute would be the PAT technology that you would choose, which should be sensitive, accurate, and precise for you. You know, so those three criterias you should start discussing among with you, with your CMC colleagues, and so on. And then choose this path forward of technology scouting, let's say the suitability of this technology at a manufacturing scale. And that way means start building up the equivalence of that tech with the traditional tech and so on. So that would be a classical roadmap that every person can just follow and then establish PT at a wider scale. And any technology you could advise or like something we could easily use? Let's assume I work in a smaller company with less resources. What are the tools we could use right away? I really like this question because, you know, David, I really want to be as simple as possible because no need to complicate too many things by bringing too much of a complex analytical instrumentation or a too complex sample preparation. So simplicity is the key, which is also linked to the sustainability part of it because you are really using those resources which are relevant for taking that decision. Now, if we really break down the whole biomanufacturing process into the unit operation, so for upstream, where the decision points, mean you have more flexibility on taking decision points, especially on the glycosylation side of it. So even a chromatographic-based techniques to give you at least the major peaks, how they are evolving, so that's already a good start for classical maps. Means And chromatographic-based techniques are already well-established, so it is already an assay that is used for quality control release. So it will also make you easier to establish the equivalence around this technique. So that is one point, a technique that you can use. Then spectroscopy is also well-investigated technique across the literature. So there is Raman, there is FTIR, MIDIR, where databases have been created. So you could also use these spectroscopic sensors for measuring your general analytes, which is basically your cell media components your amino acids, metabolites, and so on, which will also give you the leverage that there is no sample preparation involved and you are immediately capturing the analyte values without too much of efforts and so on. But again, the equivalence is still challenging with these techniques 
where some efforts that needs to be put in order to create a model that is confident enough and giving you accurate and precise data. So those would be the, let's say, the top trending that I would suggest where industry is also moving around those directions. Then as we see, AI is also coming up. So you could also try to use AI to leverage some of, let's say, the challenges where the current analytics have a limitations. So that could be an area. But again, this is a very explorative area. So each one would really have to create a specific use case and identify what tangible value this AI is going to incorporate into this. Yeah, I love that, Davidjit, to make it very simple. Don't overcomplicate it. I love that. But what comes into my mind with that is, because you've alluded to that and previously you said we are working in a regulated industry. So are there some minimal requirements for these PAT technologies so that the regulators will accept them? I think equivalence is a key thing. So equivalence, how you demonstrate the equivalence of the PAT versus the classical assays, which is correlating the value that you are going to use. Then you really need to demonstrate well how this PAT is going to be used for the decision-making process, what type of models are being used. Either it is a direct rule-based one, is it statistical process control, or you are also going with a higher level of bringing AI there. So all of this would really matter how you present it to the regulators to establish the PAT across the process. One thing that I would really want to bring from my side is that we are moving into this digital twin in this era where models would be used to predict a value related to your product quality. Now, what is still uncertain that how this predicted value is going to link with the real world analytics because the analytical world means it has a lot of techniques and there is also a lot of variability associated when you are using a particular analytical techniques to analyze that value. So there is this key question that if you are dependent on one particular value that is coming from a predictive digital twin model, let's say, what this value is talking about in terms of real analytics, so that link you need to establish. And then you also need to establish means how this value is going to evolve if tomorrow there would be an upgradation of analytics, which because analytics are going to evolve, they are going to become more sensitive, more comprehensive. And so we have to also keep this trend moving around. That is also a consideration that I always question myself in keeping that, okay, today I am using this analytics, preparing models with this data of analytics. But what about tomorrow? When the analytics are going to evolve and then how my model is going to cope with that one? Wow, fantastic, Abhijit. Thank you for sharing these amazing insights and expertise. As we're wrapping up, Abhijit, what is the number one thing you want us to take away from our discussion? Yes, so I would say the number one thing is really be tangible in terms of choosing which direction you have to move. Choose only, let's say, the relevant assumptions that you want to use to create the confidence because, you know, you will always have lots of different options on technologies. So you really need to pinpoint your business need towards the technology that you want to use and establish it for that option because the most key thing here that you would establish the equivalence and then you would bring this technology into adoption which is the most difficult part and currently means we are facing this as a challenge there is a lot of options available but adoption is not really at par with the technological availability that we have so i would still ask people to really focus on adoption and then define your roadmap and define your strategy to really make things tangible abhijit where can people connect with you so i am pretty much active on linkedin so 
feel free to reach out to me have calls just at an introductory discussion because i really like having conversations because this also stimulates creativity so when we talk with different problem statements different people and so on yeah it's been such a pleasure having you on today so i'm going to leave the links in the show notes below so thank you so much abhijit for sharing the insights thank you for your time and thank you for being on the show today thank you to you david and really pleasure to connect with you back and then have this conversation thanks a lot all right smart scientists that's all for today on the smart biotech scientist podcast Thank you for tuning in and joining us on your journey to bioprocess mastery. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. By doing so, we can empower more scientists like you. For additional bioprocessing tips, visit us at smartbiotechscientist.com. Stay tuned for more inspiring biotech insights in our next episode. Until then, let's continue to smarten up biotech.